Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter and I'm going to be talking about Legion Season 3, Episodes 3 and 4, which are chapters 22 and 23. So, full spoilers for the episodes, as always. Uh, worth mentioning, of course, that this uh, series of Legion reviews is sponsored by one of our patrons, uh, Cindy Palacios, so thank you to her uh, for supporting the show. Um, so, apologies, first of all, for uh, this being a double and being kind of late even at that. So, um, things got really busy, but I'm catching up here with 3 and 4. Uh, as I record this, I think 5's airing tonight, and I'll have 5 sometime this week, but... Uh, so three and four are very different episodes, uh, which actually at least makes it a little bit easier in my head to uh, separate them. Because sometimes the problem with doing two episodes at the same time is that they can kind of blur together. Uh, three is a very focused, stylized episode. Well, they're both stylized, but three is a very stylized episode where we spend time in the past with Xavier and his wife Gabrielle uh, and baby David. Uh, it becomes clear throughout the episode that David and Switch are, tr are tra have travelled back in time and are in some way witnessing the, the events that are happening. Uh, although, it does kind of play a little bit differently to them, because typically when we've seen her time travel before, it's just been, you know, she, she goes to the place and she's there. Uh, whereas, uh, this is a little bit different than that. Um, where it, it feels like it's being amplified with whatever whatever Carrie's built for them, uh, where it's, it's more mental because throughout the episode, Gabrielle starts having like mental flashes of David being a hippie and singing. <laughs> um, so, but you know, we hear we hear him and Switch talking to each other and like try to like discuss what they're there to do and so on and so on. Um, this episode's <sighs> this episode's kind of like a weird in the middle for me because it feels like it should be really exciting. And them travelling back is kind of exciting, sort of seeing how David might have inadvertently been responsible for for the Shadow King getting to him is, is kind of interesting, because he, he's there and he's, you know, Xavier's so distracted with dealing with David, which he doesn't know is his son, he just thinks there's an entity in the house that's that's messing with Gabrielle. Um, he's actually distracted and that's when the Shadow King goes into David, which is a wonderful shot of... Uh, like a face almost appearing out of the uh, the walls and then kind of like going into David like it's smoke. Uh, re really interesting visual. Um, that stuff, that stuff is pretty good and uh, was was very fascinating. I have to admit though, I don't think I necessarily needed a full episode of Xavier and Gabrielle. Um, this felt like it could have been a subplot in an episode, otherwise doing thing other things. Um, like. I get the symmetry, I get the, the, the cyclical nature of, like, Xavier meeting Gabrielle in a, a mental hospital, just kind of like how David met Sid, that's, you know, obviously really obvious and neat, um, and there's a couple of nice scenes, like, you know, when he just decides maybe it's time for us to leave, and he uses his powers to just have everyone let them go, and he essentially even kind of, like, cheer them on as they're leaving, um, and, you know, they fall for each other, and, um, in fact, my favourite scene of the episode actually might be, there's a scene in the war where, where Xavier um uses his powers to defend himself against a, a an enemy soldier and actually makes the soldier shoot himself in the head but he clearly doesn't necessarily like with with a you know a clear mind really want to do that this is more of a in the heat of the moment he's defending himself and he just you know makes him do the thing that will make him feel the safest and obviously this is something that he kind of regrets and lives with and he he understands the the weight of his power uh, and that it needs to be, you know, controlled. Because obviously Xavier's a character just in traditional X-Men lore who 
is very kind of noble or, or whatever. Um, although that said, I've been reading some early X-Men stuff recently for uh, the comics podcast, and <laughs> he's got a couple of creepy moments, does Elliot Xavier in those comics. Um, so, like, but honestly, like, a lot of um, Gabrielle been alone in the house and, like, being upset that Xavier's gone and feeling like i don't know like i feel like there could have been more done maybe with the 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 horror movie-esque part of it where she feels something's invading or something's in the house we could have maybe played with those tropes a little bit more Uh, as it is i think it feels like it does that that um that holy thing where sometimes an entire episode will be used to make a point that could have probably been made in about 10 minutes um, which is not always a bad thing necessarily, because sometimes you know the style of what it's doing is what makes it unique. And but I, I think with last season of Legion, um, I definitely grew tired of how it was being handled in some cases, where it didn't feel like there was enough actually in there narratively uh, or dramatically to really be worth spending time with. But the, the big one last season I remember talking about with Connor was, uh, and it's actually kind of relevant to episode four that we'll get to in a minute as uh the episode where we actually got a lot of uh sid's backstory in her past and we got to see kind of the events she'd spoken about before and it was very stylized it was you know was doing the, the episode but the problem was is that we'd heard so much about what we would what happened in this part of the story that it, it felt like it didn't really offer us anything um it's certainly not a full episode's worth of, of material um in this episode while we didn't necessarily hear a lot of this stuff with these parents I don't necessarily think it needed a full episode devoted to actually developing that relationship. Um, or may- maybe the complaint here for me is, is less that like that it shouldn't have had a full episode and more that it didn't work for me as a full episode because I never really quite cared about them as a, as a pair. Um, I never quite bought into uh, Xavier and Gabrielle in a way where I cared about them on their own. And I think some of this episode does kind of rely on caring about Gabrielle because she's kind of the the character who's vulnerable and she's the one we're supposed to be concerned about and i don't think i ever really felt that um so it made some of the stuff where like like i say she's upset that xavier's gone because xavier goes to try and find shadow king he's 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 become aware of a mutant presence and he goes to find it and he he comes back and the implication is that he's had the war with shadow king already like he's you know because he phones at one point and says that ah this is he's a monster and I i should never have come and and so on and so on um and then when he gets back that's when the uh you know david inadvertently kind of causes his own possession if you want to call it that so you know it's it's got those little stylistic touches of like cutting to the shadow king walking through the beads to imply that he's on his way that he's coming and it's kind of building up i still think it needs a full episode i I think i think as a subplot that took maybe a quarter of an episode that was doing other things this was this was a, a fine few scenes that i really liked um but a lot of the episode did feel like you know i I didn't necessarily need the whole romance i didn't necessarily need um like gabrielle on her own like caring about this stuff uh and being like you know a nervous wreck because something's happening thinking that she may also be going crazy um that stuff never really clicked for me that much so I'm, i'm kind of in the middle on this episode um on episode three um luckily though i actually am far more positive on episode four episode four um really feels much more to me like it had like an idea for an episode let's do an episode where these time demons uh because switch and david get back and because they've been traveling too far and messing with time the time demons um start messing with time and sort of break out into the real world and 
they have a fantastic design uh, slash effect when they're out in the real world. We never see them really move in motion. We see a lot of still frames of them kind of like leaping from place to place. It, it bizarrely reminded me of Five Nights at Freddy, uh, just like the creepy, like monstrous things, just sort of like you know jumping from spot to spot. And we hear this sort of clicking or ticking in the soundtrack that kind of goes in time with it. Uh, and it's really like on and off beat kind of thing. Uh, this was a fantastic kind of atmosphere for the episode. And I, I I got way more into this episode because it was still continuing a lot of character beats. And there's some really nice character beats in this episode. But it gave me something that felt like a tangible, like, you know, a villain that needed to be defeated. But more importantly, the villain was just kind of cool and kind of had this really unique look to them. Um you know, very early on, we we see like time anomalies start to happen on the on the ship, uh, with the the division three, and then you know we actually arguably one of the best things in the episode is um, is uh, Sid talking to her younger self because of what the time demons are doing, um, and what well, and this actually is where where I said that episode last season where we saw Sid's backstory becomes relevant. Sid's backstory, like that episode last season, I th- I thought added very little to the story. Like you know, we'd already heard about how she lost her virginity, and it was kind of this traumatic deal. Um, we didn't necessarily need a whole episode building up to it. That did the, the, the actual kind of like moment last season. This this conversation with her younger self added way more to it than that episode ever did. Um, because not only was it because obviously we understood that it was horrifying the idea that she she then switched with her her mom and. Uh, she was in there in the shower with with this boyfriend, right? We already knew that. I mean, we knew that was kind of like the shock, and you know. But we we never really got the sense, I think, last season, um, and when we'd heard about this before, how it was still kind of uh, uh, unconsensual, and in the sense where when we hear Young said describe it, you know, just like a year, a couple of years maybe after this happened, uh, she describes it as she went in there to feel something. And he, you know, seeing, you know, her mother uh, kind of forcefully turned her around and started having sex with her. And she talks about having her face pressed up against the glass and kind of how horrifying it is. And hearing her talk about her experience and, you know, hear her, like, hope she was going to feel something, you know, loving or romantic or or just a connection with someone because that's what she expected to come from from a sexual encounter and instead being scared instead being kind of forcefully uh, handled like that um adds a lot more to that that scene and that 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 part of the backstory i think than that's that episode did last season you know and not even closely because I, I think it adds a lot of sympathy to to her side of it that, that you know there was sympathy there already but this this like turns it up quite a bit um, because it relates it to what happened with David uh, when older said uh, is describing because younger said wants to know that things get better and she's like oh I fell in love and this and you know he was you know obviously his powers were very you know crazy and he tried to keep a handle on it and when younger said asked what happens and why you know why it didn't you know go you know why they're not still together she just says he turned me around and it neatly kind of like connects the two experiences where there was some willingness and consent to begin with, but in both examples, um, that that trust was uh, in some way betrayed. Um, and they're not one-to-one, but her, her relating that to her younger self um, and, you know, making... Not, not that we really had to explain why what David did was wrong, because David outright sexually assaulted her. Um, that was something we pointed out as soon as it happened, because it really left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Um and obviously, David continues on this path. Where in this episode, 
he he is very much egotistical he you know he he gives everyone in his like his little cult an orgasm essentially uh which lenny kind of like fights back says yeah okay we get it you know the ego trip we you know, we all want to sleep with you come on we, we have to deal with this and he gets upset with her and says you know watch your tone if you do if you don't be nice to me i can't be nice to you and it sounds like an abusive asshole talking it really does his, his ego and his manipulation and thinking that he is god in fact he literally ends this episode or close to the ending with saying that he is a god that's ultimately how we defeat the, the time demons uh, which are affecting everyone um, including Division Three, but he he essentially says, you know what, enough of this. You know, I am God, and he just you know makes one of them burst into flames and wins the fight right there and then. Up until that point, there's a lot of fun stuff going on with him though. Um, they they kind of make uh, Carrie remember that he was mind washed by David into doing what he's doing, and he now being himself decides to save Switch and run out with her. Um, and there's like, there's like a time trap at one point where anyone who walks towards the front door will be caught in time and just frozen still, which is a really neat visual and idea. And it leads to them using the tunnel from episode one, the uh, the tunnel that Switch went through, which is still there. And they climb out of that and get to a phone that uh, then teleports them up to the, the ship because, of course, they have that tech. Um, but no, like, David is a complete, like, god complex maniac at this point. He really is. Uh, he is not even remotely sympathetic, um, and it almost makes me wonder if the, if the point of this show is to is that that is that's what the point of this show has been the entire time is to get to this point and explore the idea of him thinking is this powerful and how do we you know approach that healthily this abuse of power, um, and if that's what the show is all about then then great I do think it's stumbled here or there and kind of getting to here though, uh, mainly with how uh, self indulgent some of the episodes can really be. Um, Whereas, you know, this episode I thought handled things quite well, and you know, we had the, the really artsy kind of uh, still frame silent film section of the of the episode, uh, where Farouk can fight the demons a little bit, and he takes Clark and Carrie into the the time, or the space between time, or time between times, or, or whatever he called it, and it's this other dimension where the time demons won't have an advantage, but everything's in still frames and silent, so there's subtitles coming up, and we get the kind of the old, almost German expressionist filmmaking kind of style, like portion of the episode, and I really had fun with this because it was a subplot. It wasn't like it was neat because we got a fight scene in this, and it looked really cool, and it was like all these great images of of them fighting the the time demons. And I think the reason why this works for me, where some other stuff on this show does feel a bit self indulgent and like it's wasting time, is this is a, a subplot that ties into what the main plot of the episode is. Is adding more context uh, to an extent and more mythology to what the main plot's doing, but it's not actually the the core um, drive of the episode. Um, it's 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 establishing these time demons has been really tough to beat, which tells us at the end when David just does it with a snap of his fingers that like how powerful David's really become. And David's you know he's got a plot before that where the time demons kind of trick him into thinking he's in a prison cell next to his mother. Um, and of course he eventually realizes that it's all a lie, but, you know, he he really does have the, these problems, and uh, when he finds out at the end that, that, that Carrie uh, rescued Switch and they ran off, he basically says, we're going to war with Division, like, that's the final moment of the episode, and it's, you know, again, his ego, he he can't not think he's in, in the right. He, 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 no, not a single fiber of his being thinks that he might be doing something bad or wrong. 
Um, so it, on that level, this episode delivers really well. Um, I thought the Sid talking to younger self added so much to her character that, that really, I think, gave it a nice emotional touch to her trying to beat David uh, in a way that was kind of uh, missing before, is hearing her kind of like ha- essentially have a self monologue to herself uh, talking about this stuff. Uh, I thought was really effective. And then there's some other really fun stuff as well, where, where, or sad stuff, where where Lenny has to sort of experience her entire daughter's life uh, uh, that she's kind of like going to raise with this other woman in the cult. Uh, she kind of like jumps through time and she stays the same age, but her daughter is getting older to the point where she's on her deathbed. And again, it was a really fun sequence. I mean, David finds her at the end in the street. She's just on the, f- on the ground outside, like crying in a fetal position. Um, like it's broken her this experience so and you know I, like i said uh, carrie and uh and switch getting out of the, the place like i really like the time demons like jumping around behind the wall at them you know we see them around the corner kind of jumping and kind of keeping an eye on them uh all of that stuff i just thought was really kind of you know fun and playful like and a really great visual i loved how the time demons were kind of blurred and he got kind of like a spiky cat kind of thing going on that you could kind of see almost sometimes but the eyes were lighting up, but it was mostly this blurry kind of idea of like something we can't quite comprehend, and they move through time differently than we do. So, no, I was really into this stuff. Um, so, yeah, episode three, like, I thought I had some nice moments and scenes, but ultimately I thought it dragged a little bit and felt like it spent too much time on a relationship that just wasn't quite clicking for me. Um, episode four, I think, had a really cool idea with the time demons, which were implemented in different ways if anything i'm almost disappointed that it was only one episode like i, I could have taken a two-parter probably of the time demons and it did more with the idea of like the uh the time traps where like people were freezing if they went close to that door like we could have done so much more with that stuff i think which isn't that complaint so much it's just like this had so much potential in its ideas um and i think david's stuff with his mother is probably the weakest element of the episode for me just because I didn't like her that much in the previous episode, so I didn't really like her in this one either, even though it turned out not to be her. Um, I did like seeing the actress, though. Um, uh, the actress is from Mr. Robot. Uh, she played Joanna. Um, and I'm going to get her name because I can't remember her second name. Stephanie uh, Cornelison. Uh, Cornelison uh, is the actress. Uh, I, 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 you know, she was great on Mr. Robot. And it's not a problem with her performance. I just think the, the relationship with her and Xavier uh, just never really worked for me, which is a shame um because because there's you know there's, there's good stuff in there there is um but I, I think it's mostly at the end of the episode for me um whereas episode four i actually think's probably the best episode of the season i, I think episodes one and four are the two best episodes um, i think two and three uh were a bit weaker especially three um so hopefully episode five uh gives us another good one that i'm, I'm enthusiastic about um but uh yeah so there you go um that that is my thoughts on the last two episodes of legion um and i'll be back with episode five uh sometime this week so uh thank you very much uh for for watching uh or listening we appreciate i appreciate it a ton i almost said we because i'm used to saying we because there's usually two of us um i guess i'm saying we in the, the male fuzz tv appreciates it kind of way um but now thank you very much um you can of course uh let me know in the comments what you thought of these episodes you can like and subscribe that helps out a lot 
as does of course going to patreon.com slash TV, where you can support us financially um, and keep the shows ticking and keep all the content coming um, much like Cindy Palacios who who's, who's one of the higher tiers to sponsor this show um, you can of course support us for as little as one dollar per month and every dollar matters a lot so uh, go have a look and see if you're interested in the bonus stuff that's on offer um, or you just want to feel warm and fuzzy on the inside mildly fuzzy you might say uh, but go and have a look at that. Get me on Twitter um, at Wibble89 or you can get MailFuzzTV on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz uh, for channel updates um, and check out all the content we're doing. Um, obviously, me and Connor do a television from the multiverse every week, which is all, all the DC shows that are, that are going on that we're discussing those. And of course, we also have um, a bunch of other shows. Uh, we have a horror movie podcast called Screams After Midnight that I do with Tim. Uh, we have a sci-fi movie podcast called The Atomic Cinema Experiment, uh, The Ace, which I do with Tara. Um, and then there's obviously classic TV reviews of Twilight Zone and, and Star Trek and all sorts of things. Uh, so thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>